we see the struggle that a lot of people say so many times, you cannot be in cybersecurity if you're not a technical expert. And to me, that makes no sense. Um, when people say like you cannot start in cybersecurity without being a technical expert, that's where I disagree. Hey everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode. Today we have a very fantastic guest with us. So let's welcome our board. Hi, Naomi. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast show today. Hi, Monica. I'm so excited to be here. Really great to have you on the show today. Um, let's maybe jump right into it. But before we do that, can you say something about yourself and maybe share a fun fact with the audience? Yeah. So my name is Naomi Buckwalter. I've been in IT and security for over 20 years, I would say. Um, I am pretty old. <laughs> I have done all kinds of things. I started as a software engineer, moved into application security, moved into various other roles, and now I'm in a security leadership role. And uh, my special thing about me, I would say, uh, let's see. I was born with something called perfect pitch. And I think it's, it's funny because not a lot of people have this ability. And I thought my entire life that everyone could do this, but it's essentially just hearing a note and telling you what it is. And, uh, but the, what's ironic is I can't sing. <laughs> so I can tell you what note you are singing, but I can't sing myself. So it's, uh, yeah, quite useless, but it is something that, uh, sometimes not a lot of people know about me. Well, fantastic. It's really interesting, though. <laughs> Lovely. Welcome to the show today. So let's hop right into the episode. Um, let's talk first from a talent perspective, talent gap. On one hand, we're seeing companies struggle with finding talent in cybersecurity, privacy, or the industry that we are in today, and what we call as talent gap, right? But on the other hand, we're also seeing that we are not able to really find the right talent or that we have talent, that there are people who are looking for the jobs within our industry, but are not able to find them. So we see the complaint from that perspective as well, in the sense that people are actually struggling to get into the industry and they're struggling to also move into the different roles and, and especially leadership roles within the industry. How do these two things actually make sense together? Shouldn't they be mutually exclusive? What is actually going on? Do we really have a talent gap? Oh my gosh, this question, great question. I don't think we have a talent gap. I think there's plenty of talented people out there who are looking to break into cybersecurity. The problem is we don't have enough demand for the entry-level folks. Now, where is the demand? The demand is all in the mid-senior or senior level and above roles. And I know this because I analyzed 1,000 LinkedIn jobs and I parsed out the information for each you know, job description and how many years of experience. And it turns out, I think only about 10% of all open roles for security are for entry level or below. So those internships and those part-time roles. <clears throat> and so what we're seeing is just an incredible uh, supply for the entry level folks not getting met because there's no, no demand for it, that very basic economy, economics 101. But uh, that, why is that? Why do we have so few entry-level folks uh, getting jobs? It's because people don't really understand that we you can't just have a senior-level person pop into being. They can't just start from that. No one is born knowing all the things that <clears throat> these job descriptions are asking for. And mm -hmm. 
um, it's kind of, it's hurting us. So a, a lot of people don't realize this, but you can learn cybersecurity. Like think about how we started Monica. Like we didn't, we didn't just learn this, uh, after a day, like we, it took mm-hmm. us a few years, you know, we got our kind of our, our wheels under us and we started going, but we started learning. And that's the thing. Like anyone can learn this. Some people can learn it more quickly. And I'll say like, I'm, I'm a fairly intelligent person. I think I was able to pick it up pretty easily, but there's so many people who are way more intelligent than I am, Monica. There's so many smart people out there and I've talked to mm-hmm. so many of them. Some people like come, come from different backgrounds. There's one lady, uh, she came from a marketing team and she passed her security plus after two weeks of studying. Like mm-hmm. to me, that's incredible. Just that, that kind of level of intelligence and, and talent is out there, but hiring managers refuse to give people like that a chance and, and um, it's so hard for these folks to show what they can do because the hiring mm. managers don't see their potential. And it's unfortunate. Right. I mean, cause, cause absolutely the point really is correct that there is something known as talent, right? Some people are talented. Some people are intelligent. They have different IQs. They have different EQs, but then there is skills. There is a skill set and it's not just talent. Cybersecurity is definitely an industry which requires skill and you can learn that skill. It's not something that, as you said, can can be learned in a shorter period of time or a longer period of time, depending on who you are as a person, dedication. And there are a lot of aspects and factors there. But I see that. I mean, I talk a lot about this as well. It is a skill set. So why are people so confused in that expectation of we need people just in the higher positions? Because you're not, as you said, they're not going to just jump into it. And if you look at long term as well, if we only concentrate on having just mid or senior positions, where do we stand in 5, 10, 20 years? They're... We'll be in the same place. <laughs> exactly. We're change. not going to yeah. move forward. Exactly. exactly. We're not going forward anywhere. Yeah. But then on the other hand, so absolutely, right? That makes total, total sense. On the other hand, though, companies are still struggling. I mean, the struggle is real, even though... The problem is not exactly what we seem it to be. As you said, okay, it's not a really problem that we don't have talent. It's just that we're not finding or looking for the right people. We're not grooming them. We're not investing in them. But why is why are the organization still struggling though? Why do we have this gap? Yeah, organizations see security as a cost center. It's kind of just uh, the way it's always been. They don't really see the benefits of having security professionals uh, do more than the basics, right? They're like, oh, we, we didn't get breached today. Great. You know, you still have a job. Um, but what they're not seeing is that security is really risk management. And if they don't understand risk, they really should not be a successful business. All businesses have risk. The idea now is for a security professional to come in and show the business what kind of security risk might be out there and then work with the business to uh, find that acceptable level of risk. So risk management, um, and, and that's really where the business needs to understand that it's not just data that can be stolen. People's livelihoods are at stake. Like we just had that colonial pipeline uh, ransomware attack. Like people's people's lives are being impacted. Civilian lives are being affected. This is an actual war. Like it's an invisible war, but people's lives are being uh, impacted and it's just going to get worse. So um, companies have to realize that they have a responsibility in everything that they do. So if the companies were to hire more security professionals, we would end up seeing a lot more of these entry-level folks getting hired just because more money will be placed 
into the hands of the security teams for them to make those better decisions. So instead of having security teams rely on automation and tools, which by the way, not every single uh, not every single company will have the ability to do that because um, what is it? 99.7% of all businesses, at least in America, are small and mid-sized. That is fewer than 500 employees. But 43% of all breaches occur for SMBs, small and mid-sized businesses. So Mm -hmm. there is a disconnect here. Some companies just don't understand what they don't know. Like they don't know that they need to hire security people. They're just saying, oh, we're too small to be hacked. No one's going to ever want to hack us. Well, that's really untrue. Like if you're on the internet and you have a public facing presence, like people are going to be interested in you for a number of reasons. So companies that all think that they're just not a target, or they just, you know, don't feel like they need to spend money on security. They're going to be the ones that are going to have that rude wake awakening, Monica. They're going to hmm. wake up one day and they're going to say, oh my gosh, our entire database is out there for the public to see. And now we have not only fines to pay, but our customers have lost trust in us and we are just sinking money now. And so it now it's a little too late to start throwing money into the security team because guess what? Like it's already happened. You already been popped. So uh, companies need to put more money into to security and realize that it's not a cost center, more of a risk management center. Like focus on the risk management part of it, not the fact that, oh, that money isn't spent in a good way. Like that's actually, it is being spent in a good way. Let's look at it. Let's think critically here. Absolutely. Right. And and that makes all sense because cybersecurity at the end of the day is what are we doing cybersecurity is kind of like different controls to manage risks connected to the cyber world. That's basically what it is. But it boils down to risk management nonetheless. There's one other thing that I want to talk about because we talk a bit about talent, supply, demand, and organizations struggle to really understand this as cost cost center versus a risk management center, as you say. One other thing that I have experienced quite a lot, and and as you said, the journey we have come from, I come from a hacker background. I come from a very technical background, but now I've been in leadership roles for many years, seven plus years. And in my leadership roles, I have learned one key thing is to sometimes to do, sometimes to change your thinking. You need the mindset, right? You need to understand the business. You need to understand the risk. You need that mindset, So even though I come from a technical background, I had to leave some of the thinking to embrace something which was new and different from a technical perspective and to embrace the business, to embrace the different aspects of people, process, and technology. But at the same time, we see the struggle that a lot of people say so many times, you cannot be in cybersecurity if you're not a technical expert. And to me, that makes no sense. I mean, yes, you need to understand and have some technology understanding, obviously. But why do you feel that people are so hellbound on ensuring that only technically expert people come into cybersecurity? What, what's that really about? Yeah, I, I mean, I get that. We need a certain level of understanding of technology. Um, when people say like you cannot start in cybersecurity without being a technical expert, that's where I disagree. I'm like, actually, right. you can start in cybersecurity. You don't have to be an expert in anything. You can have a real great interest in something. Like my, when I got started, I knew nothing about security. I didn't have any certs. I didn't have any degrees in security. I just knew how to write computer programs. Like that was it. That was my thing. Um, and then moving from that into application security, now how to secure programs. 
programs. It's kind of the same thing. If you have an interest or you have a technical background in something that's tangentially related, you can always move into security because security is everyone's responsibility anyway. You're just doing more of it. So take any role in any organization. There will be an aspect to your job that requires you to do some security. Like you uh, choose a password that is unique and a passphrase that's like 17 characters long, right? And, And like, those are the things that everyone should know how to do. Unfortunately, that's not something everyone knows that's their job. Like security is everyone's job. And therefore you can't have the same thing. You can't be like, oh yeah, everyone, security is everyone's job. Oh, and by the way, security can only be done by people who are technical experts. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like how are you going to get people who who in their day-to-day jobs aren't security professionals? How are you going to tell them like, all right, yeah, security is your job. Oh, and by the way, you have to be a technical expert at the same time. Like that doesn't make any sense. So if security is everyone's job, yes, we will have people who have to just do the basics and that's going to be their job. That's totally fine. We also need the security professionals who have to be experts in some things, not all the things. And there's different domains. You can do GRC, you can do vulnerability management, you can do all the different things that don't really need hands-on keyboard, 10 years of experience, doing things, uh, setting up racks. Like You don't have to do all that in order to get your be a cybersecurity professional. There, there's no reason why you need that full-time IT professional experience. And maybe that was true 20 years ago, but cybersecurity is now broader. I like to say, I, I use the term loosely. It's not really cybersecurity, really. It's information security. Information security covers a breadth of domains. And if we just start focusing, it's like, oh no, it's just the security of IT assets like that is one part of security, information Mm -hmm. security, IT security is a uh, subset of information security, but information security as a whole, no, you do not need to be an IT expert at all. Absolutely. I totally share that opinion because as you say, what was different between, what's different from 20 years and today is that we talked IT security and we talked very much application and technical coding and secure coding and very few subsets within IT security, that was what was there. It was hacking and it was very technical. But now we have gone to a point where we have this much broader information security with so much subfields inside it that there is a place for everyone and we are not utilizing, we're not really encouraging people to get into this information security field. Yes, you do need technology, knowledge and understanding because ultimately it's about people, process and technology, but you don't need to be an expert. Absolutely, 100%. So what would you say from a both talent perspective and the organization perspective, what would be your key recommendations to help reduce that, this talent or demand gap? Let's call yeah, it. That's How, a demand what gap. Would you recommend to, right? What would you recommend to people who want to get in or even want to progress and go to leadership? And what would you recommend to organizations that want to hire? Yeah, I mean, uh, the the whole axiom of networking is completely true, especially in cybersecurity. It's really about who you know and who will vouch for you. So, if you're looking for a job in cybersecurity, you're looking to break in. You start. You need to start breaking building your network of people who will go to bat for you. Like that is number one. You can build all, you can have a great resume, but if nobody will go to bat for you, you literally will never get uh, in front of a hiring manager. So you need somebody to, to, to actually vouch for you. So put out your information out there, like be visible on places like LinkedIn and Twitter and get people to know you, get 
people to see you as a human with skills and talents and not you're not just a piece of paper, right? Be beyond your two-dimensional bounds of your resume. Now for the hiring managers, on the other hand, and here's where my fight is, I want hiring managers to understand that they don't need the unicorn. They don't need somebody with 10 years of experience in X, Y, and Z before they can join your team. You can take them as they are, full of talent, critical thinking skills, emotional intelligence, empathy, soft skills, human skills, whatever you want to call them. Those are the things you can't teach. What you can teach are things that you like you learned yourself. So cybersecurity things, security principles, the OSI model. Like these are things that are freely available resources out there on the internet. Anyone can learn them. You have to just get over yourself, hiring manager, and know that your job can be done by anyone with the right basics, which is just critical thinking, communication, emotional intelligence. Those are the basics that you need. You don't need the fact that you know how an operating system works. You don't need that. And you need to admit to yourself that it's not that difficult to learn. Our jobs are difficult because we need to balance the needs of security with the business needs. That's what makes it difficult. There's politics involved. There's processes that people don't follow sometimes. That's what makes our job hard. Now, how do we fix that? We need the right people who can communicate with the business and to speak the language of people, normal people. You will never get that with the cohort that we have now, which are like the people who just talk technical and just have, you know, the ability to talk to machines. Like that is not what we need. We need a broader, and this comes into the diversity thing, Monica, like we need so many different people just because there's people, there's so many different kinds of people that we need to talk to. Like the business is not just technical folks. They're not just computer folks. They're marketing, sales, you know, finance, operations. Those are the folks that we need to talk to. Therefore, we need to hire people who can talk like them. So we can't just all be one kind of group with a uh, technical nerdy kind of group. Like we're terrible at talking to people. So I'm rambling a little bit, but that's the goal. The hiring managers need to get over themselves, realize that security is everyone's responsibility. And therefore you need to hire everybody, literally as many people as you can. They don't need to be full-time security professionals, but you need to teach and train and give them tools and resources for them to be successful as mm-hmm. They're in their job, in their role, but adding security on top of that because security is everyone's responsibility. Absolutely. And talking about experience, when hiring managers want to hire somebody for a one or two year entry level position with 10 years of experience, there's it reminds me of one quote that my father used to tell me and something I learned from him. And I say that not all the time is that you will get three years of, three years of experience in three years. You will get 10 years of experience in 10 years. You will never get 10 years of experience in one year. Well, if you did, you would still only have one year of experience and which in 10 years would be very different, right? So you have to understand this aspect of that we put in this unrealistic expectations of people at entry-level position need to have all this experience without investing in them. So absolutely 100%. But you touched something here, Barry, that I wanna, you touched something here that I wanna pick up on, which is diversity. Um, when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, this is my biggest struggle that I at least understand, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. On one hand, um, I obviously don't want, as a woman, as a minority, as a brown woman, to get a job because of those reasons. At the same time, I'm not a, a German CISO. I'm not an Indian ethnic, ethnicity CISO. I'm not a female CISO. I'm a CISO. But on the other hand, at the same time, we want to talk about and we need to talk about representation. We need to talk about diversity and inclusion. For me, these are not mutually exclusive. But at the same time, we see the struggle in the industry 
where people are either so pro or one side or the other side. They're like, yeah, either you talk about diversity and then you can't be saying that you're not a female CISO. Or if you say you're a CISO and not a female CISO, you can't be talking about female equity or, or equity in general in the industry. And I just don't get that. What are your experiences? What struggles have you seen? I agree with you. I think that we need to have a broader conversation and just normalize language of not having to say female CISO and not you know, being like, oh, you have to say females is so, otherwise you're, uh, you're not a feminist or whatever. Like, it's just so confusing. Um, the, the whole idea is like, we're in female bodies, but that, that is all like, we're, we're essentially souls having fe- like a female experience for all my female listeners out here. But, uh, same thing with men, like there's souls that are not gendered, but they're in male bodies. So the idea is like, let's see ourselves as souls first, which we all are. And therefore, if we can see ourselves as like spiritual beings, like, you know, everyone kind of knows that there's something going on with consciousness or something. If we're a conscious being having an experience within a physical body, and it just so happens to be a brown body or a white body or a female body or male body, that's what's really holding us back from having the real conversation of like, how are our spiritual selves being brought into its larger conversation of like helping insecurity or being a security professional? Because that's what it really is. It's just labels at this point. We're not really seeing ourselves for ourselves. We never see past what we see in, in the mirror right in front of us. Like, I don't know if this even answers your question, but this is where I am in my life right now is you really need to see people as their consciousness or as their spiritual self. Because once you do that, you realize the labels that we put each other in are just holding us back. And so that's what's happening in our industry. We're we're trying to put each other in, in a bucket and be like, oh, we need to hire more for this or hire more for that. But we're not really understanding that those are just the containers of ourselves right now. Like that influences our identity to an extent, but the larger extent is like our souls, our consciousness and our 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 being like our ability to to affect other humans in a good or bad way and that is what i wish other people could see too it's not just the containers we're in it's more of the uh, spiritual side uh i know it's so crazy <laughs> no i mean ultimately it's all consciousness and we are all utilizing yeah it is and we are talking about utilizing what skill sets do we have what what talent we are putting to use, what opportunities we provide, fairness of opportunities, independent of any kind of label. But that's the point. What I struggle with is that we do need to have these conversations, not because I am a female CISO, but because we need to have better representation in the organization, in the society. And one of the things I I have seen and I totally believe in is innovation through inclusion or progress through inclusion. So... And why do I think that? I mean, touching on the topic that you're saying, it's more about not just diversity in what we see, but also diversity in what we hear. To me, that makes total sense. Why is it so hard for people to understand that we need to really have different kind of ideas and talents and skill sets independent of labels? How, what does innovation through inclusion mean for you? Oh, yes. It's looking beyond those, uh, I, I call them the lazy labels where we've got skin color and gender. Like those to me are the lazy labels. There's a whole other set of 
criteria that we can like talk about because we know we don't really talk about you know background education your your you know where you grew up kind of like in the middle class or the upper class you know we don't talk about that because all of that brings um, identities and characteristics and personalities that you won't won't get if you're always hiring the same kind of person and yes you're going to end up with the same uh, you know, I'm not really answering this question, right? But I'll tell you a story. Like I was at a company called Vanguard, very large mutual fund giant. And here's the thing, what? it had plenty of diversity, had plenty of different skin colors and ethnicities and nationalities and different genders and, and, and great. It looked great. But the problem was everyone thought the exact same way. Like it was mm-hmm. very interesting to see. So even having a fully diverse staff and like you had plenty of representation through all the different levels and it looked wonderful, Monica, it really did. But the whole problem was a lot of, not a lot got done just because everyone thought the same way. Everyone was in the same echo chamber. They would just say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what we need to do because they were afraid of stepping outside and being that that different voice and just saying, here is what I'm really seeing. The problem is no one's willing to like disagree with one another. They're all just like, Oh yeah, everyone, everything is great. You know, but there are so many problems. There's so many hidden problems because of that. And, and even if we achieve our goals of diversity, Monica, I don't know if we'll ever get to the root of the problem, which is like diversity of thoughts. It's like the ability to just say the truth and have everybody understand like, Oh wait, yeah, maybe we can think about this critically and about this problem. And yeah, maybe the way that we've been doing it is completely wrong. Like we need people to take us outside of that box that we've been thinking about the entire time, no matter what person that person looks like, whatever that skin color is or their gender. Like, I think it's the diversity of thought that we need desperately. And it's not the fact that we don't have enough representation in certain buckets, the lazy labels that I say. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. I mean, innovation to me requires change. And change can only come when you embrace diversity of ideas and diversity of opinions. Absolutely, yes. 100%. So let's start wrapping up the episode. I think we had really amazing conversations. I at least had fun. Um, what would be your key message, talking about all this talent gap demands and, and diversity inclusion, what would be your key message to people that are looking to either break into cybersecurity or break into leadership and your key message to organizations? Yeah, for sure. Um, so key message to people trying to break in, don't give up. It's uh, it's uh, worth the struggle. Um, you're going to struggle for sure. There's plenty of people out there who are looking for jobs and you're no different. You're just, you just need to think critically about what you are trying to do and how you can get there easily. So network with people, put your thoughts out there so people can consume, bring, um, bring value to others because pe- when you start doing that you'll start noticing something happen people come to you you don't have to apply to jobs you'll see the recruiters come to you and be like hey i, I saw you post about something and that's a really interesting article you wrote about that one thing let me just talk to you about this role that we have but you'll notice that that happens all the time um, for the hiring managers and the companies that are looking to hire the unicorns i say think critically about why you want to do that is it because you want someone with immediate roi or are you looking at the bigger picture are you looking to grow somebody into the 
security professional that you want and therefore have a whole like a whole cohort an army of security professionals that would be way better than just that one person who's going to be overworked and understaffed like you don't want that person to quit on you because you need a sustainable security person like <laughs> they're just going to end up quitting on you like this happens so do do us all a favor think critically about why you do certain things and then realize that maybe the way that we've been doing things all along have been wrong. So we're evolving as a security community. We're evolving as an industry. Now it's time for everyone to realize that we have to grow up now. It is not just about the way we've been doing things because look at the news, everyone. Things are happening out there and we are helpless to stop it. The cyber criminals are winning. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you touch on something about culture and I believe that's a whole episode in itself. We should take it in the next episode at some point. Well, that was lovely, Naomi. It was lovely to have you in the podcast show today. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much. That was today's episode. We talked with Naomi Buckwalter today about talent gap or demand gap, uh, diversity, inclusion, equity in cybersecurity, how important that is, what are the struggles that we're seeing, and what we can really do about it. I hope you enjoyed the show. I had really fun talking to Naomi. Thank you again, and we'll talk very soon. Until then, make sure that you tune into the podcast show. I'll talk to you very soon. Take care and stay safe.